Wales is always a big week and with the Six Nations so neatly poised, this is no exception. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from some of the interesting characters and stories from the stars of the future in Wales under 20s. But first, of course, we look ahead to events at Twickenham, starting with coach Wayne Pivak explaining his Wales selection including Louis Rees Summit being left out and released back to Gloucester this weekend. A tough call for Louis to take, obviously. Um, everybody wants to be selected and are working pretty hard. So uh, look for us for this particular match, looking at the opposition, the way we think the game will be played. I think the experience of the other two, work right off the ball, those sorts of things are really going to come into play. And So really a tough call on Louis, but one which we think for this week is the right call. Just checking how he's feeling about it. Obviously, he's a young kid. He's been thrown to the spotlight. How's he taken, you know, being out of the matchday squad? Oh, he's no different from any other player, you know. He's disappointed, obviously, and he'll be frustrated. But I think if you look back to the first Six Nations where he didn't get any game, Tommy went away, um, listened to um, what the coaches had passed on to him, worked very, very hard and came in and had a very successful Six Nations following. So look, we expect him to go and work hard on his game and come back uh, stronger than he is. He knows what it is and he'll work very hard. Okay, let's talk about someone who has returned after a long time off, the Talupa Falatau. Someone saying this week he's one of the best eights ever to, to be in the game. Thoughts on him returning and what he brings to the team? Yeah, certainly, again, a lot of experience, which is going to be required. He's also, uh, you know, had a couple of games under his belt now, 80 minutes last week. Uh, he's trained very well during the week. Um, he brings, you know, the good footwork in the contact area and a very, very knowledgeable player on the game and he's slotted in very, very quickly and we're starting and we'll see how long he goes for. How excited are you? Because he's such a huge figure to have for Wales. Yeah, well, he's had 80-odd caps now, not far off 90 caps, British and Irish Lions, so, you know, he brings a wealth of experience, a very well-liked member of the squad and, you know, it lifts the other guys around him, so very pleased. Josh um, is back, he's now on the wing. Thoughts about, obviously, him being back, being in his maybe a kind of more experienced position, let's say. Yeah, he's chomping at the bit. He's uh, had a, a week on the sidelines or a couple of weeks on the sidelines, so getting back for Josh is, is important. He brings a lot of energy in the training sessions, a lot of energy in a game, good voice, so uh, looking forward to seeing him out there. Just on that note, because obviously the centre partnership worked so well for you last week, they start again this week. Was that, you know, in your mind, maybe bringing Josh always back to the wing or was it because of that performance last week for them? Yeah, we looked at all the different scenarios, you know, and you obviously take into account the opposition that are coming, the game they're going to bring and, and what we think is required. So look, we've gone with the, the same three that played last week and they get another opportunity. So we'll see how they go. Just talk about some of the faces on um, the replacements bench, Leon, Kieran and Gareth, if you don't mind as well. Yeah, Leon Brown, um, you'll recall the last couple of Six Nations matches against England has played and, and scrummed very well. Uh, so look, he's trained well. We, it was always in our mind to give the tight heads all a go in the, probably the first half of the competition. Kieran Hardy comes in, you'll recall last Six Nations played very well starting against England. So for him, it's a, a big test away from home in front of a big crowd. So we'll learn a lot about Kieran as well. On Gareth, obviously, he injured his um, knee against England in one of the warm-up matches. Any thoughts on him being on the replacement bench as well? Yeah, well, look, he's come a long way and he's trained very, very hard. He's improving every training session, really. So it's about cover as well. He gives us cover from 10 and 15, and, and that's uh, been a big part of that selection. Obviously, Wales haven't won a Six Nations match at Twickenham since 2012. Talk to me about the enormity of the task in hand when you travel on Saturday. Yeah, well, every team loves playing at home, don't they? And it's first game for England at home. And, 
you know, they'll be enjoying being back there and they'll have the home support. So we know how much that uh, means to our side playing at the Principality. So it, it's something we've talked about. It's, you know, we need to transfer the performance that we had in front of our home supporters away at Twickenham. So that's going to be the big challenge in front of us. But certainly playing in front of a full house, whether it's home or away, it's an exciting prospect. Alex Cuthbert, a 50th cap, seemed unlikely a few years ago when he uh, moved out of Wales. What's he done to turn things round? Yeah, really chuffed for Alex. He's worked very very hard, hasn't he? He's come back from some pretty big injuries over the years and he had excellent form in his last year in England. And, you know, he's come back and in our environment has worked very, very hard. You know, he has a massive work rate and that's certainly helping him at the moment. And, uh, you know, 50 caps for anybody in any country is a massive achievement. And so um, we're very pleased that he's been able to reach that milestone in, in such a big game. In terms of the English attacking threat, is uh, Marcus Smith and Harry Randall at half-back. Are they going to look uh, to play a bit more uh, quickly than in previous years? Well, it's certainly what's been talked about, hasn't it, from Eddie wanting to uh, play with speed. But also, if you look at the history or show that they've started very, very well in a lot of their test matches in recent seasons, and we've probably, uh, on the other side of things, started a little bit slowly and conceded points. So it's an area that uh, we need to make sure that we start well. Um, we don't let England get into their stride too early, but... Um, you know, that's easier said than done. So we've got to make sure that we prepare well in the last 48 hours from here on in. We've had the last physical training session and now it's more making sure that we're mentally prepared and turn up with the right attitude. And that attitude will be led by the two captains, of course, both of them playing for Northampton with Courtney Laws leading England and Dan Bigger, Wales. The outside half reflected on facing his teammate. Very proud moment for the club, really, in terms of both of us captaining in a huge game on Saturday for England-Wales and I think course would probably be the more relaxed of the two of us on Saturday afternoon I'd imagine his style would be a lot more laid back than mine but really special moment actually in terms of played with courts for the last four years and yeah it'd be really exciting on Saturday. What does he bring to them on the field? The biggest thing I've noticed with Courts over the last few years is he's got the ability to when he speaks people tend to listen that's a really positive trait to have in a captain and, and a senior player. I think, you know, you can have a lot of people who speak a lot of the time, but it can be white noise. But certainly from my experiences of playing with courts is when he has something to say, people sort of tend to tune in a little bit more closely and, and really focus in. So I think that's a really positive. And he's going to lead by example, isn't he? His game, a little bit similar to me, really. I'm not. Neither of us probably changed the way we play because of becoming captain it's very much trying to lead by example and focus on doing our jobs as a player before perhaps uh, thinking of the captaincy roles. You might have a bit of uh, Manu Tuolangi running down your channel uh, what do you make of England's selection of uh, Tuolangi in the centre and interestingly maybe sticking with Randall at scrum half? Manu was always going to play if, if he was fit and ready wasn't he in terms of what he provides to any team he plays in terms of go forward you know he allows most teams he plays in to get on the front foot and as we all know, rugby's a lot easier when you're on the front foot and rather than going backwards. So that's what Manu gives. And he's actually, I think he's probably underrated for his ball playing ability as well in terms of he's got some really nice touches as well. So he's, he's an obvious threat, as he would be in any team you come up against him. But with obviously Randall at nine, they've, they're looking to play, probably play quite a high-tempo game early doors. That's what he does really well with Bristol in particular, where he just picks the pace of the game up, doesn't let you sort of settle for a moment. And I would imagine they'd have not many better players to come on if the game is tight or it needs sort of shutting down or whatever in Ben Young's later. So um, it's exciting from our end as well. It's, you know, it makes for a really exciting game with some big names back as well in terms of from our end and from their end. 
Can you just talk about kicking at Twickenham? Uh, are there any peculiarities in that stadium on that surface? No, the, the surface is always very good there. It's, you know, it's a firm track. It can swirl a little bit when you're in Twickenham, actually, uh, when it comes in, and it can swirl around, not particularly in one direction. So it's it's not that easy in terms of judging it when it's swirling. But it's a great place to play, and there's not really too much to complain about in terms of conditions there. Hopefully, like I say, if we get a dry day there, then there'll be few excuses for both sides, I think. And I don't expect you to open the book on your tactics, but in terms of kicking strategy, are you looking for line-outs or, or do you want to keep it on the pitch, generally speaking? We've had success against England in, in terms of England's driving mall and their set-piece traditionally is always very, very strong. So whoever you play against, you want to limit their strengths, really. So if we can keep the number of driving malls and, and set-pieces they have to a minimum, then it, then it gives us a good chance of taking a particular strength away from England. So we want to try and keep the ball in play quite high and back ourselves that way, as opposed to giving England a lot of set pieces and, and allowing them to get one of their strengths going. Of course, one area that's gone pretty well for Wales so far has been the front row. Hooker Ryan Elias admitted it was pretty pleasing. There's been no real debate over the front row selections. Just an expectation the same three would be named again. Yeah, it is nice, to be fair. We've had two sort of, yeah, the first two games, Ireland and Scotland. We're pretty happy with where we've been at. But hopefully now we know England's going to be a different test scrum time, especially. So, you know, we've got to front up again and hopefully go up another gear. Tell us about the, uh, the English front row you'll be facing then. What do you expect from them? Good scrummages. You know, they're also very good around the park as well. You know, good carriers, good in defence. So it's a big challenge. I think for us it's just the case of concentrating on what we've been good at and trying to implement that against them. I'd like to say we scrummage... Uh, pretty fairly and want to keep scrums up and want to paint positive pictures so I'm hoping uh, come Saturday we um, can get something out of it. In terms of the line out Wales have got Talupe Falato back as uh, as a jumping option England have got Courtney Laws back in their back row as captain um, tell us about the impact that those two players could make. Two uh, quality players for us we're just concentrating on uh, Hopefully kicking on from where we left off against Scotland, hopefully building on that. I thought we had a good day at the office there, but England, you know, they're a very, very good pack. World-class operators throughout their pack, so we're under no illusion. We know it's going to be a step up and a, you know, another tough test, but one we are really looking forward to. With all the emotion that's going around this week and that you'll have, particularly as you run out and sing the anthems on Saturday, how do you use that emotion positively? Do you have to control it? Oh yeah, yeah. You, you definitely have to control it. You don't really want to get too carried away, but at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a special feeling and you, you've got to take it in as well. For me, whenever I'm singing the anthem, I tend to think about my family. I guess not a long time, but I just take a moment to try and reflect on what's taken me to get to that point. But again, yeah, trying not to get too too carried away because obviously you're going to be playing a test match in a couple of minutes like so it's a funny one but no I really enjoy I really enjoy singing the anthem and um, get you know the build up to the game that business of getting your heart rate down from 120 to whatever you need it to be to get the accuracy of the line out do you have techniques for doing that how do you approach that yeah well it can be tough at times when well you might have gone through a real tough couple of minutes uh, where it's been two teams going at each other, it might have been a big defensive block or a big attacking block and then obviously you want to get to the line out. It's just the case of 
for me, taking three or four big deep breaths, and then, as you say, that does kind of hopefully bring heart rate down. But it's just something you try and implement in training, because obviously we, you know, we train at a high intensity as well. So it's get plenty of reps to try and uh, you know work on that. You know, it's something I have uh, had to work on and. Yeah, you know, the key is just breathing, trying to uh, try and catch your breath as uh, quick as you can and control your heart rate. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. That's the senior side at Twickenham. The night before, Wales under-20s will be looking to build on their victory over Scotland when they face England. Defence coach Craig Everett has an interesting story to tell as well. Someone who's come through the age-grade coaching route. So, how has he found the camp this week? It's been a really positive week. We're winning against Scotland. Uh, it just puts uh, a better feeling camp. So, it's been really enjoyable. We've got some good work done as well. So, um, it's been a positive week for us. Taking from Scotland again is just we've just got to keep our two feet on the ground because we didn't get everything right against Scotland. we still got plenty to, to improve on. It's part of the learning curve going away now, uh, controlling the emotions and then just get into England on Friday night. Maybe be a little bit more personal, Craig, and just ask about your own um, coaching journey. Coming yeah. through the system, just explain how, you, how you've got to where you are. Well, basically, by myself, I started uh, the Welsh Union, created a hub officer programme. So I started right at the very bottom, actually. I started as a hub. I was a hub officer for four years. I'd done two years in Ponapool, in a school, West Monmouth School. And then I went two years in Monmouth. So uh, I earned, well, not earned my stripes. I'd done, I'd done my fair bit of travelling around the schools and fixtures and trying to promote the game to the young pupils. And then that opened an opportunity then for me to come into, well, it was Cardiff Blues at the time, age grade. So I'd done three years then, 16s and 18s age grades coach uh, within the region. And then that's progressed then to academy now. And then so I'm full-time academy with Cardiff Rugby. Currently doing my level four, which then has given me the opportunity then to come into this role then. So when you started as a hub officer, were you still playing at that stage or was it at the end of your career? I finished then. I, I wasn't playing then. It was just... Um, couple of silly injuries playing towards the end. Like I ripped my pec and then I ripped my Achilles. So I just thought, right, it's time to throw the playing boots away and I see if I can get my coaching cap on and see if I can try and give back to the younger generation then coming through. But a lot of the people who come through are people who are basing it on their own playing careers. Someone who comes through with a coaching experience, especially at the age grade levels, maybe that's actually a more appropriate route for the sort of position you're in now. Well, again, I, I don't think one shoe fits all. Is like if you if you're looking at a past player, the experience they can give them is, is from playing experience, and then from my experiences, the background of knowing the people through schools and, and what drives them that way. Again, it's just a big approach, isn't it? So I just think there's, there's no right way of, of how you do it, but it's it's good to have both, I suppose. If you with a coaching team, you've got Rich Carey who's come from playing, you've got Byron who's come from his experiences. So all of us then, we just all add our own little bit of info and it becomes a good coaching group. The level four coaching you're going through, just describe what that is, what it involves and what it's doing for you. Level four is oh, a tough one. It's more classroom based. It's not, it's not on the field. So it's just about how you manage people, how you manage groups, how you plan your structure, your season, 
and it's just giving you like all all different experiences of of how to deliver and it gives you the opportunity of becoming a head coach it's a really good course thank you one of the definite positives for the 20s against Scotland was the midfield pairing of Osprey Joe Hawkins with Scarlett Eddie James. The latter brings his impressive 6 foot 4, 16 stone frame to the party. Obviously my size, I bring a physical um, aspect into the game in the midfield and um, yeah, just carrying a ball. The comparisons with Jamie Roberts are fairly obvious. He'd had a, a lifetime of just running through oppositions quite easily and he could pass, but for international level skills, there was a massive emphasis in trying to develop that side of his game. Where where are you on that? I can carry a ball because of my size and my weight, but if I want to make that step up again, my skills, my passing, my kicking, that's how the game's going these days, isn't it? All of them got to come up at the same level and higher. Your heroes are the Scarlets players, the Scott Williams, the Jonathan Davises, who didn't have that. You know, neither of them small, but they didn't have that massive physical advantage. They did have the wider skill set. Is that why they've become your rugby heroes, maybe? All-round rugby abilities are so high. Like They can kick, they can pass, they can tackle, they can do everything at such a high level. Yeah, Even though they're not the biggest, they can still carry hard and tackle hard. You talked about needing the reaction from the Ireland game. You were one of the few players who, who survived. What was that process like of playing in that game? maybe worrying a bit about your place then for the follow-up and then turning around and delivering the win against Scotland? I don't know. I think we might have needed a bit of a change and a bit of a, just to like switch on and flip the switch. And it obviously worked like, as I said, like against Ireland, we weren't switched on from the start all the way till the game. We were switched on midweek. Then closer to the game, we switched on from Scotland. We switched on from the day one leading up to the game. And uh, yeah, I think that's what made the difference really. Coming up through College Cigar, you'd have had a period of playing regular rugby. This year, how much rugby have you been able to get and, and where? I've been playing much more than recently, obviously, with COVID. With Carmarvin Quinns, I've been playing a lot of my rugby with them and I've played two way games with um, Scarlet against Dragons Osprey. So that was a good experience playing against and with some top players. Eh? Playing outside Patchell and playing in the midfield with Seth Hughes is just it makes your job so much easier. You know you can trust them and they help you out as well. Obviously, Joe Hawkins, man of the match against Scotland. That partnership between you and him seems to be developing quite nicely. Um, yeah, so we've got a good relationship on and off the field. Yeah, he's, he's a very good player and um, he can carry and he can ov- obviously like distribute the ball. He's like another 10 playing 12. So he's um, good in that aspect, putting me through holes and... Um, yeah, you can read the game well. Some good glimpses in attack against Ireland, uh, especially at the start of the game. Obviously, you've stepped up against Scotland. Are you confident that you're close to clicking as a unit in attack? In Ireland, I think our attack, when we had the ball, we looked very dangerous. We did go in there 22 a lot, but we just we weren't clinical enough and we just dropped balls, throwing the balls away when we didn't need to, just... Need to be a bit more patient. We don't need to score first phase. We go through a phase as a frustrate the, the defence. Up front, one of the key players is Bath flanker Tom Cowan, someone courted by England under-20s, but staying loyal to Wales, having come through the exile system. He explained more. Joined the exiles programme when I was in year 10 and 11. Played a few internal games there and then played against uh, Clannovery in year 11. 
was playing with Bath Academy at this point as well, and then went to Millfield School for sixth form, and then played throughout Bath there, and then went to Loughborough University, played my first year there, and then got called back for pre-season at Bath in the summer, and then got a contract out of that. Tom, just describe what the Exiles programmes meant for you, because someone brought up in Chippenham, you know, without the Exiles, maybe there'd have been a danger of you slipping through unnoticed? Um, yeah, so I I think the Exiles just allowed you to get that exposure in, in the Welsh environment, get you in that Welsh kind of setup. They always spoke about, like, you never get kicked out of the Exiles or anything, so it was always just kind of keeping in the loop and then see what happens you know, if you get called back in. So I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's good for getting players from outside of Wales in. What is the Welsh family background? I was uh, born in Wrexham. My dad was in the army in Wrexham there, and I was born there. You played Wales under-18s as well as obviously now the, the 20s, but what was the thought process? I've always supported Wales uh, ever since I was young. My parents and my brother supported England, but I was always supporting Wales. So yeah, there was no no doubts there. I, I got invited to the England 20s camp, the uh, internal games, but I said, no, I wanted to play for Wales. And just your own rugby development over the last couple of years. I mean, you go to Loughborough, which is obviously one of the eminent sort of rugby university to go to. You don't get to play all that much, I guess, with COVID for a while. Now you're part of the Bath Academy. Just how much rugby action are you are you getting? Loughborough actually did quite well my first year at uni, so 2020, 2021. We had a full pre-season in 2020 and trained throughout September, October and December. So I think that quite helped my rugby development quite a lot as well, just coming to a completely fresh environment. And then this year, I spent my September, October at Loughborough playing in Bucks and then November at Bath playing for Bath. And then, yeah, so I mean, I'm either I'm at university playing at Loughborough or come home and play for Bath. I'm playing rugby each week. That's who I'm playing for. How are the players feeling coming back into this one on a massive game against England? Well, England's always always a big game. It was good to get a win against Scotland, but I think the main thing was was not kind of thinking, oh, well, we've won a game, brilliant, let's sit back and relax. I think we were in in our off-week training and there's been a big emphasis on not letting up. Some all eyes in England matches this weekend plenty to reflect on next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast and hopefully plenty to celebrate. But until then, goodbye. (laughs) 